Candle Coven. I'm Elena. And I'm Jocelyn from Bijou Candles. And And this this is is the Candle Candle Coven Coven Podcast. Let's light some candles, get cozy, and talk at it. I feel like since you've eaten a a meat stick on the podcast, I can now eat these Barbaras. Are you going to share them with me? Yes. How are we going to get them past Polly? Will you please tell um, everybody what Barbaras are, please? They're like cheese doodles, like crunchy cheese doodles, cheese puffs, Mm -hmm. um, but they're like organic. And it's by this lady called Barbara, who is a sweet angel from heaven. And she makes so many delights like puffins cereal. Yep. Yep. She has blessed us with her cheese puffs. The, the Barbara's original cheese puffs. They're hard to find, though. Yeah, you can get them at like a Whole Foods. We bought a 12 pack on Amazon for um, my friend for mm-hmm. her birthday. Who's also obsessed with them. Yeah. They, they think it has like a cult following. Um, It was like the perfect present for like a 37 year old mom. <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. Like if somebody sent me a bunch of like my favorite snack, I'd be like, thank you so much. Molly, I don't have to now go get it. Mo- See, she's going to try. Molly's and eat like it. flirting with it so hard. I don't blame her. They're delectable. They have different types of cheese in them. There's like a yeah, blue like cheese. Note, or and I made that. Sound, I make that sound like bad. Mm. No, it's like good. It adds a complexity. It's like <laughs> it ASMR. Almost, it almost tastes like eating like a crunchy, <gasps> really high end mac, mac and, and cheese. cheese. Yes, it's almost like the Beecher's mac and cheese. Oh, which is also a hot tip: the frozen Beecher's mm. mac and cheese. Grocery hop tips. This is okay. Grocery Comment hop below. Grocery, grocery hop, hop tips. tips. Okay, so this one, the Beecher's mac mm-hmm. and cheese that you can get frozen, is restaurant quality. It is. We, we eat it on Thanksgiving. We have it for Thanksgiving. That's how fucking good it is. And it takes out a whole cooking process. It's so great. I mean, I'm not if trying someone to... like package each side right. for Thanksgiving, like but restaurant quality, I would buy the shit out of that for Me Thanksgiving. Too. Why I... isn't anyone doing that? Uh, Thanksgiving Beechers sides is... by Beechers, like that's fucking so smart. Yeah, I think Gravy, it would do well all year green round. Green beans, mashed taters, mm-hmm. stuffing, What's the butternut squash. Is sure. that one? Yes, with the marshmallow, uh, sweet potato casserole. Oh, yeah, is what sweet you're potato. Thinking of. Yep. What else do people eat? Cranberries. Cran- cran- cranberries. This is genius. Why has nobody done this? Right. It's like build your own Thanksgiving. Yeah. I feel like Tim Allen would do it. Tim Allen from. We remember in Santa Claus when he has to go to Denny's. Oh, okay. I feel like that's like the. Okay. So that was a Santa Claus reference. Yeah. Nice. That's Is um, that your favorite? The Santa Claus? It's one of my. It's, yeah. I really like it. It's like that. I'm like home alone. I feel like these are going to be so loud. These Barbaras. I hope so. I hope everyone can like get the true real feel. I just we like, can come with a rumble pack next time if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I just like needed a snack. Anyway, like I needed it. Like, like yeah, she was like so grumpy two seconds ago. Like I was like fine, and then I she, got like, grumpy. She like had a temper tantrum. <laughs> like not like a big temper tantrum. No, she tantrum. was just like I'm tired. I I'm hate, just like in a mood. I hate it. I hate it. I know it's cute. Though. I hate it. And I'm so hyper self-aware of it. I literally just treat you like a, a baby. I'm like, OK, that's what I need. <laughs> and I have communicated that to you. Yeah. I basically said, hi, when I get to be like kind of a brat or at myself, it's all like internalized, like where I'm like, I'm, I, I don't have good energy. I don't feel and I can't. Uh, I want to do everything perfect. Uh. Mm. Like that's all that's happening inside. It's just like perfectionistic nonsense. Mm-hmm. And I get bummed out. I forgot what I was talking about. You know? Oh, my God. Me okay, too. Wait, you guys. <laughs> oh, my God. 
can we have a full disclosure moment? Elena and I are both on different antidepressants that we started taking like kind of not that long ago. Like six months. Right. Maybe less. mine's like I've been on mine for two months and we both have a little bit of like short term memory. Yeah. problems. And my doctor told me this would happen and, and she was right. And like I didn't know that that was even a thing. We just like forget um, like we have like really bad callback. I, right. I forget where I am. I'm literally but I'm really happy. Like I know I feel wonderful. <laughs> like I'm very happy. I think um, it's very important to take care of your mental health. And you know what we were just noticing? Huh. You know, for me, like I you remember I was taking an antidepressant last year or earlier this year, then I had to stop because I was having that liver thing. Mm-hmm. And then I went back on one the minute it started to turn fall because I could just feel it creeping in. It's I get really bad seasonally affected. Yeah. And so it's it's you've okay. tried everything. You've tried the sun lamp. I mean, I go to the vitamin gym, D's. I try everything. Um, but yeah, it's so, so funny. Like, aren't Irish people just like in the dark all the time? Yeah, it's like I, so foggy and stuff. But I yeah. guess that's why you have blue eyes. Am I talking to <laughs> absorb the vitamin D? Yeah. Um. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, I to, but truly, guys, well, I'll be literally like talking, talking, talking about somebody. <laughs> like I'll be like, and then she was in this movie, and da 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 da, and then I'll be like, who am I talking about? You know what it is? In the middle of it, we both we realize that we both. We'll be watching a movie like this. We realize that we both do this. Mm-hmm. We were both be watching a movie. And then like when the, it's like a scene with not the main character, I'll forget who is the main character. <laughs> I'm like, who's in this movie? She said that to me and I was like, I was just singing the same thing. We were watching Love Hard on Netflix. <laughs> and we were like, who's in this movie? I know. And we've been watching it for like an hour. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh it's this God. girl. This is who's in it. <laughs> what is wrong with me? That movie was great. But apparently, it's a thing that can happen on some kind of antidepressants. Mm. It's not um, it's not that bad. No, it's bad. But um But like it doesn't affect my life really. Like I'm fine. Yeah, I'm having a great time. I feel really good. I'm like very glad. Yeah. Guys, if you gotta take your little potions and lotions, we're all here doing it. What we were talking about, um, grocery hot tips. Okay, so what, you got another gourmets. one? Gourmets. Uh, Pepper House Gourmets, Boar's Head. Mm-hmm. One of the best condiments on the 99% market. 99% of my grocery tips are directly from Jesse Molzan. Yes. One time, okay, so here's what happened. Who was my, my friend from high school. Sorry to interrupt you, just no, to give a little context. This bitch has the fucking, what is it, M.O.? Yeah. The one O. What is it called? The what? She's got the ten two. Is it ten two? I don't actually know this this saying. It's from like the nineties. <laughs> the four one one. Yes. No fucking way. <laughs> She's got the four one one. No way that just happened. <laughs> It's okay. Um, what was what? I? <laughs> She's got- <laughs> I can't lose it. <laughs> she's got the four one one. Jesse Molzan. Yes, she tells you the best groceries. Yeah, she's like got get. the gospel. Like she has like the word of God. She knows in her all ear. these things. So this one time, they, um, we went to Florida to visit, 
she picked us up from the airport and we were going to stay at Elena's parents' house, but nobody had been there for a while. So we needed to get groceries and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she's like, I'll take you grocery shopping. And like, what a great friend. Yeah, it was so nice. And so we go grocery shopping and she comes with us and she basically told us everything to get. And I felt like it was the first time I had eaten food. (laughs) And like, I was like, and I have to tell you, like, I'm genuinely like, in my life, I'm that person. Yeah, like, right. I know the things. Don't you like, feel like that? Right. Like I like it's I so like nice to learn like... fun things. So when someone else like does that for me, yeah, I really fucking love it. And she like really knows. She was like, um, why she has, are like, you a lot not... of stuff? She has she... like great taste in music. She has like great taste, right? And like she's someone that I actually like think of. A, she's like, a like higher than me of the daily life. Yeah, she like knows shit before I do. She's like, why are you not getting Natalie's orange? She should juice? also like have why a blog. You... Yeah, she should. Why are you? Like, yes, we have a blog, Elena. That's right. Look at our blog, everyone. <laughs> you should check it out. It's me being like, don't get caught by spirits. <laughs> Put candles around you and do not let the spirits in. It's like full moon rituals. Yeah. Well, these are the things that I have to do. She does them. Yeah. And it feels fu- it feels good. Um, Jocelyn writes these blogs uh, <laughs> like a rent like a. Diane Keaton character. I love like it. doing a montage of writing. I have such a fun time writing them. That's like how she writes these blogs. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, like when I write the ones about like movies and stuff, like I really crack myself up. I think I'm so funny. Yeah, I have such a fun time. And I'm like, bloop de bloop. <laughs> I break every rule of grammar. <laughs> and I'm like, they know what I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but back yeah, to, so she picks us up. So she's like, why aren't you getting this? Why aren't you getting that? It was like the first time we'd eaten food. And another really good tip, too. With your sandwiches, ask to get your deli meat shredded. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because it's like how they do it at like the New York deli when it's like so paper thin mm-hmm. and it's like shredded. And they taught me this at Publix, which is a, a Florida joint. Yeah. As well. You get you get it shredded and it like fits on the sandwich better. And it doesn't mm-hmm. slide it around. To the sandwich. I mean, it's uh, everything is a 10 out of 10. Yeah. I like it how at Publix they chop up. Everything. They just chop it up. When you get like a chicken tender sub. Oh my God. Chick- oh, first of all, they have a chicken tender sub. Oh my when God. When I first started dating Elena. That's the, like how I got the, you to date me. One of me. the first things she t- did was lay in bed with me and describe this chicken tender sub, <laughs> which is a sex act. Um, <laughs> she'd be like, we're going to go to Florida and we're going to go to Publix. I'm like, I've never been to Publix before. <laughs> and so she's like, well, I was like, you haven't. And she's like, let me tell you about Publix. And so she tells me about Publix. I'm all fucking hyped for Publix. She tells me about this chicken tender sub yeah. that you get. It's like my And ex. the bread is fresh and you cut it's it. It's the one that got they away. Cut it and they put the mayo on it. Yeah. And then they put the, they take the fresh crispy chicken tenders and they chop them up. Yeah. And then they They're lay fresh. it. And they put like provolone on it and like shreddice. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we go and get it, and it was like the we ate it in the car in the parking lot. It was I, with our doors open. I had to like go to the hospital after. It was the most. We had to go del- to the car wash. It was the most del- with the doors open. Yeah. Still, it was filthy. It was delicious, yeah. and like I think like like started me on a trend of just like I'm gonna gain that uh, honeymoon weight. I was like, I'm gonna <laughs> be eating food with this. You're bitch. still gaining and losing those five pounds from those chicken tender sauce. Five pounds. You are so sweet. Literally, like, we just ha- we would go on culinary journeys together. Yeah. There was, like, a, a moment in time where we were making these elaborate brunches every weekend. We were, we, were we, like, walking to Fairway? Yeah, which is, like, not close yeah, to where we Yeah, it lived. was a workout. And we would walk over there. With the and, cart. Yep. And then push it home. And push it home. 
in the rain sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And we'd make these like elaborate brunches with like Bloody Marys. It must oh have, my God. It, they were, yes. these were decadent ass We made like epic Bloody Marys. It would be like baked French toast and like truffle gnocchi yeah. and like, like, we got really into like making poached eggs for a while and like hollandaise yeah. sauce. Oh my god! We like did so much like elaborate, and then we got into making the perfect Bloody Mary. Mm-hmm. We nailed it. And I for- I completely forget what it is. Well, though. the key ingredient is the smoky chipotle Tabasco. Oh yeah, that's right. It adds and celery salt. Celery salt. It adds. Oh, you know what else? It's pickle juice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it just adds this like smokiness mm-hmm. that just gives it chef's kiss. But I mean, I would never drink it now because I don't drink alcohol because I'm not going to drink a bunch of soup. Drink a drink. Like we would drink an alcoholic gazpacho. Yeah. Yeah. And just like 10 minutes later, it would just fire out of your asshole. And we we knew it was going to happen. Every time we knew. Yeah. They're like, they're pretty rough on the gut. They come out looking the same. Oh, okay. It hurts. It does. I've never like had a day of Bloody Marys without like ending up in the bathroom for like three hours. Yeah. Yeah, and also with that mimosas as well. Honestly, a brunch cocktail is oh my just God, yeah, my rough poor, on the rough on the tum tum. Yeah, on the GI. Maybe it's not, and maybe people don't drink like a thousand of them like we do in New York, but it's like bottomless. Yeah, I mean we we've been watching <laughs> that show on Amazon, Tampa Bay's, which if which you're not is watching, so funny is a reality show about the lesbian scene in Tampa. Very I mean, interesting. Did they? read my mind right it's so good um it's like siesta k with le- key with lesbians siesta k okay <laughs> but we were watching them and we we're like oh my god these people like drink so much right and then we realized that we were drinking this yes. much if oh, not more at easily. their age and yes. i refra- refrain from judging them <laughs> no you guys do what you gotta do just yeah. be safe i was like yep same just be safe but that show's fucking so funny yeah it's good there's so much drama so much. I, I have so many questions and can comments. Like, I never I, saw a scene like this in New York City. Like, does it exist? Is it New York City too know. big? Like, I don't I don't I, know. There was like a moment where like I saw it a little bit where it was like, like a the, lesbian scene. Like, you the, mean? like those parties at like coffee shop. Uh huh. Like downstairs. There were like yep. secret lesbian parties around the city. They used to have like more like lesbian bars and then like, they always closed. Like, remember the, what was that one? The Dalloway? Yes. That place it was, was owned by Kim from season two. Kim Stoltz from season um, two of yes. America's um, Next Top Model and her wife. Yes. I don't think did they, they get I think divorced. They did. Oh, but they owned this really cool like lesbian lounge bar. And like there wasn't a lot anything like it because no. the places that like Cubbyhole is tiny. Yeah. And then there's Henrietta's, which is not also gets very packed. God, I can't even imagine being in a crowd right now like that. Mm-hmm. I would break into a cold sweat. <laughs> be like, Where's your masks? Never ah. happened again. Um, but, yeah. but yeah, it is. If you guys are looking for some reality TV to watch, we think it's pretty good so far. Yeah. We haven't watched all of it yet. It's like a, a lesbian couple uh, duels, rivalries. Yeah, who's the better couple? Yeah, it's like fucking uh, Riverdale. <laughs> it's pretty, yeah, it's intense. Everyone has long hair. <laughs> yeah, it's like a lot of like beach hair. Lots Tampa, of beach hair. Tampa beach Tampa hair. hair. Whenever um, I think of Tampa, I think of what's her name? What's Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson being like, bitch, I'm from Tampa. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's also a lesbian. Only that Tampa what, water. Yep, it's that Tampa water. Yep. You get the hair and the gay. I love what's her name? Sarah Paulson. Yeah, thank you. See, she just said it. <laughs> I really love Sarah Paulson. No, she's so Why funny. Why is she so likable? There are some people that are just like endlessly charming. She's very charming. I find she's her authentic. It. I and like charming. watching her. 
I I just really like her. She's you know I like Leslie Grossman too. Le- oh, I like her too. Yeah. She I like her on she is on podcasts that we listen to a lot. You mean she's fish a sesh? she's a housewives gal? Yeah, isn't it? And so I, f- I agree with all of her takes. Oh yeah, she's got really good yeah. takes. She's like she knows the language. Yeah. Because she's in the business. She's so in the business. she knows how people act. And she's she has like therapy language. That also, like, yeah. Very good therapy language, right. which I love because mm-hmm. it just like helps me. There's I some key words that, that people can say that makes you know that they've been to therapy. Right. Like she'll in, be like, like a conflict or whatever. Right. Like what's an example of that? She'll be like, um, I understand that you're having a trauma based response. Yeah, exactly. But what I need for you to do is listen. Yeah. And hear me. It's OK to be wrong. Like she did like that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yes yes tell me i love it but it's so funny that i was just thinking like bravo housewives for us and many it's kind of like sports because like we're watching it it's very much like hyper reality like yeah yeah. it's reality in the sense that yes these are real people there's no script but they are put into situations where they will interact and they are produced a little bit Mm -hmm. they're like you know they're they're given a push or whatever. Totally. And so you, you're like, how is this going to play out? And you're like, oh, Miranda's the villain this season. Yeah. Like, it's almost like you kind of know a little bit. It's a little bit produced. But at the same time, like, it is like watching them like your players. And then we listen to podcasts of people doing blow by blows. It's I, Yeah, it's like I need um, confirmation that I'm seeing what I'm seeing. Right. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, what and did like you pick up here? Yeah. And like, it's like a mystery. You know what the craziest thing is, too? Mm. Like, there are a few takes that I like completely disagree with. And I know you do too. Oh yeah, and it's like I, I feel like it's like a kind of like dying on a hill. I know type of thing, and I like don't get what people are seeing that I'm not right. Well, do you know you, what I mean. Well, for one, I know the one that I know that we both have is that I don't get why people hate Lisa Rinna so much. I yeah. just don't like. I know that she's. I mean, she's Lisa Rinna. Like, what do I even say? I mean, yeah. So I mean, it really started with the Denise stuff. Just uh-huh. to touch on it lightly. And like, m- I think where I started being like, I just think she's like funny and like, she's always trying to have fun. People, I think, think she's like fake, but I think she's just really like that. I think she's like, I've met people like that. Like, she's just gone. Yeah. Yes. Like she's, that's just what she's, she's like. Just a she's just true extrovert. Like, think about her career. She's this like, bitch has fucking there. hustled. Like, she is a fucking right. hustler. Right. Like, do not like she, what she has accomplished in yes. her career. Yes. She has stayed relevant this long. Yeah. And she's made some have smart some business like, deals. Definitely. It's unbelievable. And she's like, whatever. She's like right. some fucking woman with weird plastic surgery. Right. Like, it's amazing. Right. And like an ugly haircut, honestly. I know, but it's she's made it's it iconic. iconic. I so, know. Like, she's playing a part on the show. Absolutely. She is willing to like throw she's, some and shit I think around. She, I think she be, is pretty mm. transparent. Um, she knows it's a game. Right. Like, that's all for me. I'm just like, I, the vitriol that people go, they, they hate her so much. I don't feel that for her. I, I, okay. My hot take, I like Lisa Rinna yep. and I agree with her on most things. And I think people are truly afraid to get canceled because they won't admit that some things might be true because they're such hot topics like right. the Munchausen's thing. Right. Like, what we've learned about Yolanda Hadid and like all oh, with her like controlling, how controlling yeah, like that is not necessarily completely out of the question to me. I, I know exactly and like what she's, you're saying. And she's literally just saying the thing that like people in Beverly Hills don't want said. Right. Like if she was in New York, it would be like no big Ex- deal. You're like exactly she exposes right. things. You know what? 
Like this their threshold is, is so much yes, higher. For exactly. Ex- like we don't talk about anyone's lawsuits. I mean, it's literally like, and not because I'm not an Erica fan, but when she was like, God, in, only in Beverly Hills is everyone so precious. No, it's true. And they are. They won't and it's talk like, about almost like anything. their reaction to the things that like Lisa Rinna does or says is yeah. so extreme. It makes you think she's such a villain. And like, like at the end of the day, all she was like, like the those Denise, people were doing cocaine in the bathroom. Right. Probably. They probably were. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and the thing with the um, Denise Richards thing, like, okay. So what I never understood was that Denise was supposed to have been Lisa's Rinna's friend for a lot longer. Yeah. They're and, like, they were closer friends. And like, for all, all intents and purposes, it, there is very strong indication that there was an interaction between her and Brandy and that Brandy was telling the truth. Yeah, I and, think Brandy's telling the truth. I, I mean, think it's like an insane. Brandy she doesn't lie. She just actually says too yeah, much truth. Like she should lie more. Like she she's says gross. Cra- she'll be like, I just shit in a cup. Like she's like <laughs> over the top. Like that's her problem is she's got loose lips. Yeah. And like whatever. That's that's fine. But like, and I like think she genuinely seemed traumatized by being Right. The other woman. And I don't think she's that good of an actress to No, be. she's not. But regardless, like, and I think Lisa Rinna's side of it was that she was like, I thought we were good friends. Like, I know you're being dishonest with yeah, me. Yeah, you're like lying to my face. Right. And I think, and that's what she kept saying. And it was like, <clears throat> I, she's like, yeah, I'm not going to be like all loyal and whatever to her because she clearly doesn't trust me. And we're clearly not that close. Yeah. I thought we were closer than we actually like, are. I would actually be mad if right. I were Lisa Rinna. Right. Like that would make me upset. Like people don't think about like if you found out your friend was lying about something like, I don't know. Like to your face. Yeah, I don't know. Like Like, it's one thing to like be on camera and like have an arrangement behind the scenes maybe and be like, I need you to save face for me. Like, see, that's my whole thing. That's what I think it is. I think that it was they were like they wanted her to kind of play along with like putting it to bed. And Lisa Rinna was just playing it honestly for yeah, the yeah, camera. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, how dare you do this storyline? I know. Which is like, at the end of the day, when you sign up for this, yeah. this is what you're saying. And then like, and then it becomes like a thing of like, Denise is this uh, victim now, or like, what, we haven't examined her relationship with her now husband at all, which right. looks extremely abusive. It, it, it's apparently there's some like, toxicity what, there. Didn't yes. her daughter like her rape? Daughter like, left. Yeah. Yes. And there's like something... said it was crazy. There was like abuse and shit. Yes. Like this like, is she, Denise is like actually in a very bad situation. Right. I so think. when people when there are people that are saying like, hey, I'm actually going to go hard at you because I want to know what the truth is here is because something doesn't sit right. Yeah. Something's not right. And you know what? There, we can't judge. We don't know. But that's. Sometimes you have instinct as a friend mm-hmm. and it, when you feel like they're not being honest and truthful with you, how can you be friends? Yeah. On what basis? Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's just our hot take on that. And probably if you guys don't watch Housewives, sorry about that. But like <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the ones where I'm like, I, I just don't hate her as much. I think most other things like <laughs> I am generally. Yeah. Everybody like, else. I'm um, team everything crowd, else. Yeah. yeah. But that's the one that I'm like, I'm not I don't hate her at yeah. all. I actually really think she's funny. I know. I I I feel like I understand her. <laughs> she's just well. She's and a cancer. Mom, yeah, and her mom is a serial killer survivor. Wait, that's crazy. Her mom like, survived an attack from like a famous serial killer. Yeah. I cannot remember who, but it was like the crazy. Didn't, that is it was, crazy. It was like bad, wasn't it? Yeah. Didn't he like he tried to kill her? I think. But yeah, she, she like, got survived. away. Yeah. Unbelievable. Amazing. Wow. That's her mom. I know. And she's still alive. Yeah. Because she survived that. Like this Lisa Rinna is just like a fucking boss. She's, she's a just like fighter. a badass bitch. I know. 
She sold diapers and is can you and is still sh- like chic. Like, do you understand? Like, like she you know how many fucking dusters this woman sold. She didn't even let that like dilute her brand. She at has all. no shame. No, she doesn't. And the fact that she doesn't makes it feel like an honest day's work, doesn't it? It does. Yes, it's like Betty Davis. She's like, I am doing a job. It, it exactly. When you like revere these like fucking newspaper to get a job, right? I know more affable than rumor would have it. Exactly. Wait, I'm at. I have a really good uh, subject today on my deep dive, which is also a very like tough, amazing woman. Yeah, which I forgot we were doing deep dives. It's been so long. Yeah, (laughs) it's Billie Holiday. Oh my god, I love him. Yeah. Nice. Nice <laughs> clueless reference, which was the one that we referenced like right before they came back on yeah. Instagram. Oh, my God. And how about some the people, people that were it? like, oh, my God, clueless candles? Were yes. Like, and I was like, Bitch. no, like, <laughs> sorry. No, because it's like, well, yeah, but not today. I love that idea. But OK, comment below. We obviously want to do clueless candles. Is it confusing to have two share candles? That's the question. Because we have a share candle already for and share. And we mean share. And then if we make a clueless collection. Right. Well, there will be a There's going to be another share. share. She'll have a different sub name, like a fragrance name. Yeah. Yeah. Is that confusing? Comment below. Let me know. Wait, so can I do the candle of the week? Yes. The candle of the week. <laughs> so obviously it's Billy, Vanilla and Embers from the Chanteuse collection. Mm-hmm. This Which is like I've been going through one this, of my you guys. I have been burning. It's not my favorite. I have been burning this particular candle. I've been talking about it I on love Instagram. It. I've been burning it with Prue. Yeah. Oh yeah. You've been loving Prue. You guys, the combination of Billy with Prue is my is my death smell. Like Whoa. I want to smell this for eternity. Like you want to you want to be smelling it as you pass away. Yeah. That's I how I feel about Diana the Musical. Stop. That don't I want to be watching it as I die. Don't bring that up as I'm about to talk about the candle. Because that's a whole subject. <laughs> hold that in your brain. Don't let it fall away. Don't let it slip away. I want you to hold an iPad playing Diana the Musical in my face as I pass. More on that. More <laughs> on that. Okay, wait. Let me let me talk about the Billy Vanilla and Embers. God, it is just... Mm. It might be like top three favorite candles it for me. It smells like a... Really beautiful, crackling New England, like woodsy fire. Yeah, like, like that, on burning like leaves. A crispy fall night when you walk outside and you're like, you and you that smell burning that burning smell. smell. Yeah. And you're like, and it's that <sighs> with like a hush. And I mean a hush of vanilla. Uh huh. And like, like sandalwood, kind of like really like woodsy vanilla. Yeah. Like it's not sweet. It gives you like a fancy roasting marshmallows roasting and marshmallows. a fire pit. Type of you're roasting a marshmallow yeah. on a New England like fall fancy. fire. God, you guys, it smells so good. All right, so let me read the description. A woodsy scale, fresh pine, warm cedar, and creamy sandalwood, a note of smoke, a glass of bourbon, the perfect cadence of rich vanilla bean. And the notes are pine, cedar, vanilla bean, sandalwood, smoky bourbon, frankincense, and leva. Someone give this girl an award for these descriptions she's written. You're very sweet to me. Thank You're you. You're so clever. I just like have a lot of fun with it. I like, I like it. Clever girl. I like doing Charles it. Charles likes clever girls. Wait. Oh my God. Okay. So talk to me. Talk about Diana the musical. It is an opus. Yeah. It puts cats the movie to absolute shame. So just so everybody knows, Diana the Musical is on Netflix and it's also on Broadway right now. 
And it's on broad. Remember that it's currently on Broadway right now as we speak. It's happening now. Yeah. Um, As we're talking. Yeah, they're getting ready. Um, (laughs) And it is about Diana, the the princess, Diana. Princess Princess Diana Diana of Windsor. Yes. Windsor, I guess. Right. Um, And it's fucking incredible. And by incredible, I mean it is the most campy yeah. thing I've ever seen. It's it's painful, it's but delightful atrocious. and awful. It's awful, but great, but fantastic. And I can't stop singing it. But you know, you we can't stop singing this one earwig. Because the entire musical is completely not memorable at all. This is how you people, Wait, this, this is how you people dance. Oh, and they're like, they're obviously like playing up the British. So like every the song accent, they sing, they have like heavy British accents. I have never heard anybody sing with a heavier it's British so accent. Funny. Like the Beatles don't even use this much no. of the Britons. They're like, they're like, I can't even, I don't know any of the songs. But I know there's it, like no songs because they're constantly sing, singing. Yeah. The, the musicals are like, I'm Diana. I'm going around. <laughs> this is the prince. If only he loved me. And then Camilla Parker Bowles is like, you should marry Charles. Charles <laughs> loves you. And then it's like, I want to bring Charles into the century of now. And then there's a number where they dance and it says, this is how your people dance. Dance. Which I just, that's where I was like, this is off the chain. Then I turned it up so loud that stuff started falling off the walls and like i mean they they really go there though because charles is extremely mean and abusive to her yeah he's terrible it's intense um there's a paparazzi number that's like very much trench trench heavy choreography it's like a newsies but paparazzi right very much like actually like campbell with jumping with cameras that that was the moment where i felt diana roll in her grave yeah i know was that exact the paparazzi bit. Yeah, because it was just like... To see your murderers dance on your grave? Yeah, it was really... Not a great tone It was for not me. a good tone. I agree. There were parts <laughs> of it where I was like, wow, 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 wow. I it's don't think we're... I don't think we're ever going to be okay with that. No. And um, like... They they emphasize the British accents so hard. It's so funny. They're like sod off. Yeah. <laughs> oh sod off. Like they like and then really they have go this for the British one vernacular. Older woman play all the old ladies. Yeah. In it. She plays the queen. She plays this bitch. She uh-huh. plays that bitch. And and full disclosure, um, I have watched the beginning of it maybe like four times, and I have never finished. It. We've got <laughs> we've gone three quarters of the way through. Like a bunch of times. Yeah. But I and that's I how it's difficult. I don't know why I wouldn't just start it where I finished it. But I, for some reason, I felt the need to watch this it's is like how it, your people dance every yeah. time. It feels like self harm. Sometimes <laughs> I listen to it at the gym. No, you don't. This is how your people dance. It's Wait. only that song. Wait a minute. I might need that for something because I feel like it enrages me and delights me at the same time, and it might be really good motivation for working out. Yeah, like I feel like I should go boxing. Like I need to like hit something. This it's like absolutely crazy. I can't believe I was like I'm on the same timeline as it. Yeah, we're you gift- know what I mean? we're gifted by the time. I'm I'm like convinced that like a bot wrote it. Yeah, it feels like it. It feels like it's not real. There have been like a handful of things that have come out where I'm like a bot wrote this. I like really love I love cultural phenomenon stuff like that where you're like this happened. It's and on it's so different. Broadway. Yep. They have they gave it like a fucking ten dollar wig budget. I know the the, the <laughs> Diana wig. The woman is... who plays Diana, 
Well, she's got, she's a good singer. She's a fantastic singer. She doesn't look like Princess Diana. I mean, they should have cast like fucking. I don't know, but like, I'd rather I they should have cast like Cynthia Erivo at that point. Because like, my, why not get someone that's like fucking a star? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to like make it look so much not like Princess Diana. She really doesn't look like Princess Diana. No, she don't. And, but the guy who plays Charles, I thought was a good cast. You think? Yeah, he's got he the, he works for me. It's very generous. Yeah. Princess Charles is like so fucking Did ugly. you just say Princess Charles? <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? Princess Charles. I like it. Me too. Um, wait, how about the show The Prince on HBO? Oh, speaking of Elisa Renna. Oh my god, right. So if you guys have not seen The Prince on HBO, it's by Gary, what's his Gennetti. name? Gary Gennetti. And he Who has like married to Brad. Yeah. Married to Brad Gareski. Yeah. And he writes and stars in this cartoon. They're like 20 minute long episodes about the royal family. And he plays Prince uh, George. Prince George, which is the baby of Kate Middleton. And yeah. And it, it, it takes the piss out of the royal family. <laughs> you guys. So fucking hard. It is incredible. It is like it's, it's, it's almost it like harsh. It's and, only it an is, American could do it. Yeah. It you know is, what I mean? It is so biting. It is very funny. Yeah. It's very surreal. So it doesn't it doesn't really feel like mean because it, it's so fake. And they're also like, who fuck them? It's like, right. And it's just like very care. It's super funny. Like, it's a great let's say if I were any of the royal family and I saw this depiction of myself, I would like jump off a, a building. The, 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 the characters they are savage. Are, it is. You guys. It's fucking. It's It makes savage. like the sex pistols look like Mr. Rogers. It's like. savage. It is. Re- it's biting. Yeah. And it's, it is fucking it's gay. Very too. Oh, it's very funny. It's like a very homo- gay. Only a homosexual yep. could have thought And there's of this. an episode with the housewives. In yes. It. Like. They animated and they did their own voices. It involves Harry and uh, Megan. Megan. Yep. Guys, you give it a watch. It's a, just a chuckle. It's fantastic. Right. I was laughing out loud and I, I rarely laugh I know. out loud. I, it takes a lot to produce a noise. <laughs> it does. <laughs> See, I told you those Barbaras were going to give me a nice Where are little, they? They're over here. Why is it pitch black in here? <laughs> Elena, don't you dare. We are filming this as we're just approaching 5 p.m. And it's just like, it's the thing. Everyone is going to be saying at 5 o'clock, every night. why is it so dark? Why is it so dark? All right. I'm saying it. I said it today. I just love that there's going to be Thank you. ASMR peppered throughout this. Pepper? <laughs> Pepper? I barely know her. Another, you have another grocery store hot tip? Yeah. Quattratinis. Yeah. Quadratini cookies. Yeah. Vanilla specifically. They're, they're like so good. The yummy. little layer cookies. But instead of being in like the finger length, they're like the square. Yeah. Which is so much easier to eat. They're so yummy. They're perfect. Yeah. What? I just saw a school bus. <laughs> it was like, it had like a lot of lights on it. I could really see it because it's dark out. <laughs> Five o'clock. Just literally like, stood up to look at what was out the window. It was like so much glimmering lights. <laughs> and these school buses, when they stop, they're like, don't even come near me. <laughs> I am pregnant with many children. Did I tell you about that time when I was working? Uh, I was a PA and I was driving like seven extras from like a train station to set or something. Oh, my God. No, maybe it was like from the city. I think I drove them from the city to set and it was like upstate or something. My God, you really drove a lot. No, it was in New Jersey. They really had you driving around. 
I drove so many types of vehicles. Right. In the city under very stressful circumstances. I know she drove a Mack truck one time, you guys. In the city. I was like, uh, I mostly did like art department PAing. Yeah. And like a lot of it is like picking up furniture and like dropping it off. And like one time we had like this huge more like truck. fart department. Am I right? <sighs> fart biscuitry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was driving like a van full of extras to set. And I got fucking pulled over no. because I passed a school bus that oh, like okay. was coming across from me. Right. And but, they like, had their stops I didn't know on. that that was like a rule because like <laughs> I've just like never encountered that in my life. <laughs> you know? I mean, like you don't usually encounter it. I mean, unless it's like you drive like a route at a time every day. Yeah. But like when it does happen, it is sort of like, okay, oh, 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 oh. And you're like not supposed to be more than like Maybe like two like cars. I literally lengths, had like, like eleven never... feet. Like you have to, you can't be too close to it either. Like you're not supposed to dr- drive or um, stop too close behind one. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that, so uh, I told the cop because I had like a New York City license yeah. plate or like a driver's license. Oh, so you're like I'm from the city. I, I never was like seen I this. like never drive. I'm so sorry. Yeah. And he let me go, but I was with like twelve extras. Oh my god. Did I say six? It was twelve. <laughs> and it was that big of a van. That I had 12 extras in it. Like a sprinter van. Yes. My God. It was so scary. Elena, that's And like scary. when you're late in production, you get, you like get in trouble. Yeah. It's oh, like bad. That sucks. That's extremely stressful. I like that shat job. myself. Yeah. I wouldn't want to do that. How many times I've like shat my pants because of like a drop of the moment, like stressful statement. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. I was like, oh, um, that was due two hours ago. That type of thing, you know? Yeah. I hate that. It's like when you're completely caught off guard. Uh-huh. I hate it. It was tough. I'm glad you're okay. <laughs> oh my god, it was awful. <sighs> anyway, do you want to do your deep dive? <laughs> yes, I do. Into that. Okay, so my deep dive is on Billy Holiday, like I said. My research comes from Wikipedia and the BBC Billy Holiday documentary. So Billy had what many considered like kind of a tragic life, mm-hmm. but a lot of her friends and family, they feel like that's like not a good way to characterize her at all mm-hmm. because like she was a joyful person and like outgoing and like she did have fun and she was like really funny and like had a really good sense of humor yeah. and like a lot of personality and like you know she was pr- strong and you know well if there were other things about her that she dealt with like she had demons like when you like the overall sum of her life wasn't tragic. Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like that's what they really wanted to impress upon. No, people. I can like totally picture like what what she's like. Right. So I just want to because this is going to be there's going to be some you know intense subject matter in this. Um. So definitely a content warning of drug use and sexual assault. Um. Just up ahead because it's yeah. in here. It? Um. But it is very interesting, and she's an incredible woman. And her story should be told. Mm-hmm. But I did just want to like, you know, kind of preface it by saying don't think of her as like a sad character so much as like, you know, we understand what she goes through. Mm-hmm. But like she still found like a lot of joy in life because a lot of the yeah. stuff I'm going to talk about is seems kind of like dark and heavy. Yeah. But she did not. Her outlook was not. Yeah. She didn't like... take on that per- person. Mm-hmm. Like she wasn't like, I'm not a victim per se. Yeah. Anyways, that's just what her friends and family wanted to convey. And I wanted to also convey that as well. Okay. 
Okay, so Billie Holiday was born Eleonora Fagan. So that's her mm. birth name. Yes, which is a beautiful yeah, name. Yeah, it is. Yes. On April 7th, 1915. So she's an Aries. Oh, shit. Which is, makes sense because she's like, you know, one of the first to do right. what she did. Yeah. So very Aries vibes. She was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. She was born to 18-year-old Sarah Julia Sadie, is what she went by, Fagan. Huh who worked as a cleaner, and a 17-year-old Clarence Halliday, H-A-L-L-I-D-A-Y, and he was a guitarist. Oh. They were teenagers. They were really young. Her parents were not married, nor did they ever live together. Sadie, her mother, had moved to Philly when she was 19 after her parents evicted her from their Baltimore home for becoming pregnant. Oh, Jesus. And not long after... Billy was born, her father Clarence abandoned the family to pursue a career as a jazz banjo player and a guitarist. So oh, Jesus. the subject of her, her paternity has been disputed by historians because on her birth certificate, the name Frank DeVisi is actually listed. Hmm. Um, but most of these historians have considered it an anomaly and that her father really is Clarence Halliday and that it was someone that she knew in the Philly area because she had like kind of not she wasn't in Baltimore when she gave right, birth right, to her. Right. Like, yeah, it wasn't um, even there. So it was added by the hospital and that they sometimes would just add like a name of like someone they knew or like a random name, which is what really they think. Yes. Because like it's it, other people have it. Apparently, that's something that would happen sometimes. Jesus. And you know, never know. I mean, she was a black woman giving, mm-hmm. like, you never know what yeah. kind of shit they probably did. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, but the, apparently, Clarence Halliday is really her father. Mm-hmm. So. so, as she had no support from her parents, Sadie made arrangements for Billy to stay with her older married half sister, Eva Miller, in Baltimore. Billy had a very difficult childhood. It was really a hard childhood. So she was pretty much raised with this half-sister. It's her half-sister. With the mother's half-sister. Okay, okay. Her mother was taking transportation jobs, serving on passenger rail- railroads. So she was largely not even raised by Eva Miller, but her mother-in-law. So it's Eva Miller's mother-in-law okay. ended up taking care of... Billy a lot. Her name was Martha Miller. She spent the first decade of her life because her mother was working transportation jobs. It's not even her mother. Her real mother was uh, taking these transportation jobs. So she was having her be like raised by Eva Miller and her mother-in-law pretty much. Oh, both of them. Right. Okay. I thought Eva Miller was taking transportation jobs. No, she wasn't. That's sorry. That was a little confusing. Um, but the first decade of Billy's life, she was in the care of others, not right. really with her mother. She forged her independent spirit, fending for herself on the streets of Baltimore. She learned a lot Damn. of filthy language <laughs> and would yell things like, suck my ass to people who bothered her. <laughs> um, she literally is known for having like a very hilarious potty mouth. That is so great. Apparently, she used the word bitch in every other word, but she's literally just like, like, bitch this, bitch that, listen, bitch, like, oh, this bitch, like, all the time. Yeah. And it's just, like, it, it's something that people really liked about her because it was, like, kind of her charming. So funny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so she frequently skipped school, and her truancy resulted in her being brought before the juvenile county when she was nine years old. Oh, my God. She was sent to a Catholic reform school for black girls. Oh, jeez. And it was very abusive and terrible. What? 
And the nuns oh were God. very cruel. Oh. And they even made her sleep in a room with the body of another dead girl to teach her a lesson. Oh. I can't I can't imagine how bad the abuse and in a fucking Catholic reform school, reform for, black school girls for black girls in, you know, 1920 something. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Yeah, exactly. But I'm sure it was horrific yeah. stuff. After nine months in their care, she was paroled to her mother. Parole. Paroled. She, she's like fucking 10 years old. Yeah, nine years old because she skipped school. Yeah. At this point, her mother, Sadie, had opened a restaurant called oh, the wow. East Side Grill where they went. She went and worked there, too, and they worked really long hours. So um, at 11 years of age, she dropped out of school because she was, she working. was working. Right. Jeez. That same year, her mother discovered a neighbor, Wilbur Rich, sexually assaulting Billy. She, like, walked in on it. Ugh. Rich was arrested. And th listen to what this... Uh, this is the craziest thing. So, he's arrested, and there's going to be a trial. And officials placed Billy back at the Catholic Reform School for protective custody as a state witness in her own rape case. What? And they kept her in there for a year. <gasps> so she was, what? she's assaulted and she ends up going How to jail. How does that make sense at all? It doesn't. Oh so my that's God. Exactly. Right. So at 12 years old, she found a job running errands in a brothel and scrubbing floors in a neighborhood, wow. like different homes and stuff, like uh -huh. basically doing cleaning. It was around this time that she first heard the records of Louis Armstrong and Bessie Smith. And she was particularly inspired by scat singing. Uh -huh. And she like had a really good natural like sense of yeah. music, obviously. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she has absolutely no formal training. But she was like really obsessed with this idea of sounding like a musical instrument. Huh. And it's very evident in the way that she sings because yeah. she just is it's very unique. So this is like kind of she's getting inspired by like Louis Armstrong is like her idol. And she yeah. almost wants to like sing like yeah, how he yeah. plays, if that makes sense. Yeah. By the end of 1928, her mother moved to Harlem. And a year later, at 14, Billy joins her. They arrived to find the jazz age in full swing. That's Billy, so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's a also, really. Can you believe all this has happened? She's only 14. Yeah. Oh, she's lived 800 lives yeah. already. Yeah. Billy already loved to sing, and she would spend her evening singing at rent parties. And what a rent party is, they were private parties where people like Duke Ellington and Fats Waller would come and Ugh. play, and the door money went towards the rent. Ugh. So they would like come and basically kind of like help the bars out. That's like, so cool. I'm sure they got tips and stuff, but it was like, you know, yeah, you yeah, pay yeah. the door and it like kept these businesses like yeah. afloat. Yeah. And so she would go and like sing with them. That's too. so cool. Yeah. This is another, it's like, again, another hit for Billy. So, like, during this time, they were having a really hard time paying the rent because when she's going to these parties, she's she's not getting paid. She's, uh -huh. you know, just practicing, basically. Uh -huh. um, so they were both working in a brothel as sex workers. Um, they were both arrested for prostitution. And Billy was 14 years old, but claimed oh to God. be 21 because <gasps> she thought she would get, like, in even more trouble. If she said that she was a child. Right. But I mean, that's obviously not the yeah. case. She was sent to Welfare Island where she spent 100 days in a workhouse for vagrant adults. 
What the f- She's a 14-year-old girl. Yeah. Wait, what island? Welfare it's Island? It's called Welfare Island. What's that? I don't know. It's I actually am not familiar with what that means. I have to look that up. I'm going to have New to York. look into that. Yeah. So when she, this to her, she was like, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm changing my career. I'm changing my life. Like, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Like, I'm not. Fuck I don't want to do this ever yeah. again. So she's like, I'm going to, I want to sing. Like, I want to be a singer. Like, this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. Um, so she started singing at nightclubs in Harlem using her professional pseudonym, Billie Holiday. So this is when she starts going by Billie. She took Billy from actress Billy Dove and Holiday was derived from her father's surname Halliday. Uh-huh. Um, and he also used the name Holiday as his professional like musical oh, yeah. name, his stage name. Yeah. She met up with a group of other performers who would go from club to club and perform for free, but they used it as priceless practice. Like it okay. was really like they Their it was training. good for them. Yeah, this was ha- she trained on the job. Mm-hmm. It was during this time that she developed her unique style of singing and scatting. The singers would gather tips at the end of performances, but they weren't allowed to take them with their hands. They had to use an intimate part of the body to like, you know, like stick it in their cleavage or a skirt or whatever. And Billy refused. She wouldn't do it. Wow. Like they already right away, like she's known with like her friends and others like that. She's not going to take shit. She doesn't take it. She had a really carefree attitude and was known for having a filthy mouth, like I said, and people found it very charming. So Mm -hmm. she's like kind of getting to like use this kind of like little gift of it's like a gift of gab, but like with a very stylized like you never heard anything like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, we know exactly. Like everyone else is so they're like, and she's like, this bitch over here is a pain in my ass. Like I it's just like very it's almost refreshing in a way. Right. She teamed up with saxophone player Kenneth Holland, and they were a team from 1929 to 1931, performing at such clubs as the Grey Dawn, Pods and Jerry's on 133rd Street, and the Brooklyn Elks Club. Her reputation continued to grow, and she played in bigger clubs, including the Mexico's, the Alhambra Bar and Grill. And it was also during this time that she reconnected with her father who was playing in Fletcher Henderson's band. So it's sort of like she, this is yeah, the family businesses paths, there. Yeah. yeah. In 1932, 17-year-old Billy replaced the singer at uh, Coven's Club on West 132nd. Producer John Hammond first heard her there in 1933, and he was absolutely blown away, uh-huh. and he arranged for her to make her debut record. She recorded two songs with Benny Goodman, Your Mother's Son-in-Law, and Riffin' the Scotch. Hammond was so impressed with her singing style and said of her, her singing almost changed my music tastes and my musical life because she was the first girl singer I'd come across who actually sang like an improvising jazz genius. He compared her favorably to Armstrong and said that she had a good sense of lyric content at her young age. Yeah. So like like, she's he gets it. She's like, holy shit. Yeah. Like she's doing something remarkable. Yeah. Genius. She like invented something new. She did. In 1935, Holiday had a small role as a woman abused by her lover in Duke Ellington's musical short film, Symphony in Black. She sang the song Saddest Tale in her scene, and she complained that she had to do so many takes of the scene that she had black and blue marks. Oh, geez. Because, like, you know, they're like, he's grabbing her. Yeah, and stuff. yeah, yeah. So she's starting to really kind of get recognition. Uh huh. And she feels like she needed representation for her burgeoning career and hires Joe Glazer, who already represented her idol, Louis Armstrong. Look at her. (laughs) She's like pretty smart. She like jumped right to their level. Right. 
he was a tough guy from the Al Capone mob. <laughs> oh, my God. So he was like a little bit tough, a little bit nasty. Like he would be like, all right, you got to stop yo-yoing on the weight. You got to lose weight and stay skinny. You know, the bullshit. Yeah. And he was, you know, I bet those gruff. two had a fucking back and forth. That was I, definitely for the ages. But here's the thing. He always made sure she got paid. And ultimately, he looked out for her. So it was like a pretty decent yeah. relationship. Right. He respected her, it sounds like. I guess at the end of the day, yeah. Just like, this is what you got to do, and I'm make sure you get paid. I would love to hear that banter, though. Oh, my God, right? Can you imagine? Like Al Capone. Al Capone mob. With, like, right. Billie Holiday. Yeah. Like, that's so funny. It is, like, yeah. That's the fly-on-the-wall conversation. Yeah. So she was a totally a rising star, performing regularly at the Apollo and recording more and more records in her unique style. She really played with the music and put her own spin on everything. So everything that, you know, all the standards that she's doing, everything, it's getting the Billie Holiday treatment. Uh-huh. Sadly, in 1937, her father died from pneumonia. And the reason he died is because he couldn't find a hospital that would take black patients. That's fucking, I mean, yeah. And I mean, he's extremely young. It's it's extremely upsetting. Billy was very distraught by this. But, you know, her style is to kind of avoid and go into the work. And so she throws herself into her work. She's yeah. Yeah. It's it's really it's traumatizing and raging. Yes. She decided to go on tour with the Count Basie band. Being on the road was very uncomfortable, especially as, you know, a black band touring during that time. And it's just they did not have amenities that tour buses have now. I mean, it was truly very rough. Like everything I read about, like all the starlets and these people from that time period, like going on tour, like it was rough to tour and then being black on top of it. Yeah, you have to like be conscious of like everywhere you're going. Sundown towns and all that shit. How you get received anywhere. Oh, and if, are you allowed to even stay at the hotels? Yeah. Like, it's a bunch of bullshit, for sure. Apparently, though, Billy like, always made the best of it and was, like, had a really good attitude. And, like, she loved hanging out with all the musicians. And they would play games of dice, like, on the buses and stuff. Yeah. And she always won. Always. And they <sighs> always owed her money. Like, That's she incredible. was, like, a really clever That's incredible. Woman. Yeah. I feel like that You know like what she want me to energy. say? She was a clever bitch. She... <laughs> That's what you want. I love that. I want to be a clever bitch. That's like what I hope to be. <laughs> like, I just I imagine like what she'd be like today. And I just like think she would have like loved like the freedom of just to be able to be like, OK, bitch. Like, yeah. I'm sure she would have been like, I fucking love this. Yeah. Um, As I said, it was extremely difficult to tour as a black band. Then you weren't allowed to stay at hotels, which meant you needed to stay with black friends or family. You could only eat in black restaurants, couldn't use bathrooms, the hotels, et cetera, et cetera. So it was just like a lot of work and very draining. Yeah. But you also develop like a family like relationship with the people that you're on the road with because you're like surviving together in more ways than one each other's backs like like no other it's like a ride or die yeah for for real and she became very close with saxophone player lester young they were best friends they were soulmates they were it was a platonic thing but they were truly that's like cool they're just a love of their life for sure and he was the one who dubbed her lady day Lady Day. So, like, the whole thing about her is, like, she's the lady, 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 lady. But at the end of the day, she has, like, a sailor's mouth. And yeah. she's got and she's got some fists. 
And so like the way they talk about her, like her friends, they're just like, that was the lady. Like that's, that's amazing. I just think it's like such a cool persona because to them, it wasn't like a shrinking violet. Like she yeah. was like a, a, a bitch, a yeah. boss ass bitch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was he homosexual. I'm not. I actually don't know. I didn't look too much into Lester. OK. Um, TBD. P- potentially. Uh huh. Um, apparently everybody is because as you'll right. as we'll get into aren't they all because still are yeah it was listen up listen yeah. up i'll tell you after that tour ended she went on tour with Artie shaw and his all-white band she was made to take the freight elevator at the venue jesus and the, ba- other, the band walked in through the front door and she was so pissed off she quit the band so i love i you know what good for her yeah she's a strong bitch huh Yes. She's, she's got strong convictions. Yes, she does. Billy came back to New York and she was invited to be the opening attraction at Cafe Society, which was the first and only integrated club in New York at that time. Yeah. We've talked about it before. Yes. Um, this is a huge deal. Yeah. An incredibly big deal. And there was a little bit of them talking about like how Cafe Society was started. And it really was like a place where they wanted an integrated society and uh-huh. it was like really a novel amazing thing so this was like such an important place yeah so, and you so many like alina horn came through yeah. here like so many huge iconic cultural legends came right. through this place and it, we owe so much of our modern culture to it one, for sure one of my deep dives was who who like had somebody like a, did something at cafe society was too it, was it betty maybe Yes, because exactly because it was black and white performers together. Was there someone else too, or no? I, Elena, I, th- I literally you know, think like, it has come thing, up in like every deep only, dive. You know what is? Cafe <laughs> uh, Society and War Bonds. Yep, they Those all did it. Usually go together. Yep, exactly. She was approached by Abel Mirapool, a communist poet. No. He wrote a song, and he wondered if she might be interested in performing. It was a song about lynchings called "Strange Fruit." Oh, which shit. is her famous. Yes. Yes. So Strange Fruit was like kind of like a really deep thing to her, obviously. Mm-hmm. But even more so because she said that singing, it reminded her of how her father was denied medical treatment for being black. Yeah. And, I mean, that's like a slow lynching. Right. And this is a quote. Uh, it reminds me of how Pop died, but I have to keep singing it. Not only because people ask for it. But because 20 years after Pop died, the things that killed him are still happening in the South. They're still happening now. Right. So it's I'm, it's I, an absolute have you, it's an absolutely beautiful like you should hear her sing mm-hmm. it like it's so moving. She really has like such an emotional voice. Oh, that's like the whole thing. Yeah, it, it, she it, it's it's I have the chills like she can take something and add so much subtext yeah. in it and it feels so real like she's able to convey this emotion in her voice that goes right into your like mm-hmm. heart yeah. it's crazy i know it sounds so corny no it's, it's but like she a dagger just, in the heart she's yeah. just incredible truly a unique talent yeah in 1941 she married jimmy monroe a small-time wheeler dealer who introduced her to opium oh geez yeah the marriage was very short-lived due to his roving eye and they divorced in 1947 she also had conducted some affairs, including one with director Orson Welles. Wow. Yes. She was also known to date women, including I white mean, actress Tallulah Bankhead. Amazing. But like we'll talk about they that all a little bit later. Did, didn't they? We're, there's more on that coming up. 
She then got involved with trumpeter Joe Guy, who was also her drug dealer, and they both became addicted to heroin. It began to affect her work. If she didn't get her fix, she wouldn't come out to perform. So she kind of became a little bit of like a diva. Like, I need my like there was trouble with her. Yeah, I watched intervention. Right. Okay. Um, that's tough. It's this is heroin's a tough one. This is I mean, this is going to be the the fight of her life. Yeah. Yeah. She was making a thousand dollars a week, which in the nineteen forties oh was God. a lot of money. I, like that's like how much I make <laughs> <laughs> together. Yeah. <laughs> she spent most of her money on heroin. Oh, like literally, like to the all point, of it. Yes, to the point where she didn't even have a nightgown to sleep in. She slept in old evening gowns, which is like this like special brand of how to like. And I don't have a nightgown, but I have an old right. Like that's a that's it's a rise and fall. That's weird. Yeah, that's a weird moment yeah. in time. It's it's really it's this is the part where it just you're gonna start to feel like you know we know her, what's happened to her. Like there's we know there's a ton of trauma. Mm-hmm. We know that she's not necessarily dealing with that. That she's sort of grinning and bearing it and toughing her way through. Like she is tough. Yeah. But that toughness is also hurting her because she's not heal- able to heal. And she's not able to. She doesn't have the luxury of it. Yeah. To heal. You need time to what's heal. Go- right. Time and resources. And she doesn't have the luxury and of time. No one. She doesn't have the luxury of anything. Yeah. She's, she's actively being worked against. Like, can you like think about how. Like, so, I mean, they, what I was just like, going to say is she has to deal with it somehow. And yeah. she's using, you know, opiates. God, it's just like the the concept of like opium is just can you even believe right it just like yeah wars yeah yes like it's just crazy to me i know what what were you gonna say what i just i was like gonna lose my thought but what were you gonna say oh i don't remember okay sorry so yeah so this is gonna be you know she's gonna struggle with this in 1946 she was offered a part playing a maid in new orleans opposite Louis Armstrong. Wow. Like so they she's playing she's playing in a movie with him. Um through the shooting, Joe Guy flew to LA. Joe Guy. Yep. He flew to LA to keep her supplied with heroin oh until god. her agent had him banned from the set because it was a problem. Oh my god. Yep. And her it was it was a Was she team. able to like perform? Yes. It yes. That's like the problem is that she's a functioning she's very yes. addict. But like, you know, there is problems. Like she's late yeah, or yeah. she's this or she forgot and this is it's becoming a problem. So her agents told her told her she has to get clean. Mm-hmm. Like you this is not gonna work. Yeah, just uh, just like that. Well, he persuades her to check into a New York hospital to get clean. Mm-hmm. Um, and she does. It's like a two-week situation. But apparently, the nurse was supplying her with drugs the whole time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, on May 16th, 1947, she was arrested for possession of narcotics in her New York apartment. On May 27th, she was in court. And it was called the United States versus Billy Holiday. Oh, my God. During the trial, she heard that her lawyer would not come to the trial to represent her. So what? she's yeah, I don't. It's like some bullshit. Uh, so she's dehydrated. She's like unable to hold down food because she's sick. You know what I mean? They couldn't give her a lawyer. They have to give her a lawyer. Like basically, she just is pleads guilty because she's just like not in a good headspace. And she asked to be sent to the hospital. She was like, I'm, I need to get clean. Yeah. Like that. She's like not well. Like this is like her rock right, bottom right. moment with drugs. Exactly. 
Um, the district attorney spoke in her defense, saying, if your honor, please, this is a case of a drug addict, but more serious, however, than most of our cases. Miss Holiday is a professional entertainer and among the higher rank as far as income was concerned. So she did not get that. Uh-huh. She was sentenced to Alderson Federal Prison Camp in West Virginia. What? The drug possession conviction caused her to lose her New York City um, cabaret card, which prevented that's her from working. Yes, it prevented her from working anywhere that served alcohol. Oh, that's still a thing, isn't it? I'm not sure. Is it? I really don't know. I feel like I've like heard of that recently. Anyway, but that's crazy. Yeah. So she she wanted to be sent to like a hospital. Yeah, so- she was like, I want to get clean. They sent her to jail. <sighs> so even the DA was like advocating for her too. The DA was like, this is Billie Holiday. Can like, we not? I can't. Yeah. So she got early release on March 16th, 1948, because she had really good behavior and she got high the day she was released from jail. And they do believe she was using the whole time she was in jail. Yeah. Yeah. Since she could no longer perform at nightclubs, a comeback concert at Carnegie Hall was organized. Wait, can you imagine like nice work? You get out of jail and they're like, you know, we'll do Carnegie. (laughs) She was like convinced that nobody would show up. She was like, no one loves me or cares about me. Like I'm. I went to jail. Yeah. Like, this is what they think. And that was not even remotely the case because it was completely sold out yeah. to the point where they even put seats on the fucking stage. Because <gasps> wow. like, they were like, all right, you'll sit on the sides of the stage. And this was the first time this was ever done at Carnegie Hall. Yeah. This is the dichotomy. Yeah, the dichotomy amazing. of what's happening in this yeah. woman's life is it, it could give you whiplash yeah like the i can't even imagine it it's must wild. feel like a tornado like it's a cyclone like celine dion were like a heroin addict that was like sleeping in god knows where right and then she was also being worked against in the system because she's black like yeah i could on have thought of a better example right <laughs> but like it's it, it is the example because it still happens you know what i mean like it's still i just met someone like huge and famous and was like a songstress yeah yeah Not yeah like, like the high way. the highs and the lows During the show, someone sent her a box of gardenias. My old trademark, Holiday said. And she says, I took them out of the box and fastened them smack to the side of my head without even looking twice. And apparently there was a hat pin in the gardenias (gasps) and she had unknowingly stuck it into the side of her head. And she said, I didn't feel anything until the blood started rushing down in my eyes and ears. And like she was wearing a long black dress, so nobody really could tell. But she was like bleeding. (gasps) Was she just, like, on so much heroin that she, like, couldn't feel it? That, yes, that's what she said. Yeah, she, like, couldn't feel it. Yes. Wow. And after the third curtain call, she passed out. <gasps> but it was, like, truly amazing. Third curtain call. It was, like, an amazing show. How long is, like, a hat pin? Like, how, like, is that, like, crazy? What's It's, the, like, a, th- it's a pretty thick pin. She just, like, stabbed her She's, like, accidentally, yep. Holy she shit. No. And she just, like, fucking sang the night away. Yep. That's so until crazy. She, until she hit the ground. Until oh failure. <laughs> yes. Like she went until she could not do it That's anymore. Wild. I know. She soon after met John Levy, who was part owner of Club Ebony. Levy was convinced he could get her her card back and allowed her to open without one. And she said, I opened scared. I was expecting the cops to come in and any chorus and carry me off. But nothing happened. I was a huge success. Of course she so was. They, like didn't care. Nice. They literally she, she just like started performing in clubs again. Like no one cared i feel like that's just like it's like is it one of those like laws not laws type in of new thing? york city yeah until they want it to be yeah right so she and john levy become lovers and he begins managing her and this is when B- billy enters into a pattern of behavior where 
she is in toxic abusive relationships. Oh Jesus. And it's like the way that this was described is like really nuanced so I'm, I don't know if I'm going to get this right, but like she what would like oh god there's this is really hard to say that and the way they said it made like made perfect sense but basically she didn't want to be abused but she also like felt like the abuse was like normalized to her uh-huh. like it, like and she would almost egg it on like it was like normal to be in an abusive environment uh-huh. and like she because outside of that like she didn't let people beat up on her and didn't take shit from people it was like so the it was one like, place it was like she... a place where she almost like if abuse felt like she mistook abuse for love from okay. some pattern of like her, you know, I'm like trying to like yeah, I mean, sort that's, of that analyze it. Is like repeating patterns. Right. So I think in this area of her life, there's like a repeated pattern where she's like equivocating abuse with like love. Okay. And like, you know, like, oh, he, he really cares about me. If, if he's, he's like this upset. this upset. Yeah. Right. So like that kind of thing. And that's the vibe that I was getting. They were like, don't get this wrong. Like she's not like, you know what I mean? Like it, there, there's two Billies going on here. Uh-huh. So I just wanted to kind of make that distinction. Okay. Cause like she was r- known for standing up for herself. It was like outside of this relationship. Yeah. Like iconically. Yeah. Like, so one time at a bar, a guy called her a slur and she beat the shit out of him. <laughs> That's incredible. And another time some white guys put their cigarettes out on her fur coat <gasps> and she goes, let's take this outside, takes off her fur coat and Ugh. beat them both up <gasps> by herself. And like, That's what um, I'm yeah, her friend about. was like, she was like Lady Day with fists. That's incredible. Like, she was like, come catch these hands. Like, that was her, like, she catch was like, don't, don't you dare. Yeah, she's tough. How about that? Yeah, so like that's the kind of it, there's like a two. It's don't. like two sides of it. Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's like common. I've, like, I do heard too. Of that it's a lot. very nuanced. Like you'll yes. meet some women that seem like invincible in a way, and right. then like they have one. And that's why you should never, life, you yeah. should never like judge a book because you yeah. never know. Like people might be hurting, or people, you know, you don't know. You Everyone don't know. has a story. <laughs> All right. On January 22nd, 1949, Billy was arrested again in her room in the Hotel Mark Twain in San Francisco for possession of opium. She Jeez. was like she smarter that, like, about it this time, though, yeah. because she had learned from the last time. So she booked herself into an institution right away. Like, oh, okay. literally was like, I actually am in, I'm getting clean. Yeah. So she like went right in. And she got clean. So she was very particular, though, because she picked an institution where she was still allowed to drink. Oh, that's a thing. So she, yeah, uh, back then and there was. So oh. she got clean from drugs, but she just used alcohol. Oh, no. So but when they examined her before court, they were able to say her system was drug free and they dropped the charges. Damn. So she actually was like, I'm not doing this. And she like kind of was like, oh, I'm going to turn this around. OK, but is she now no. a different kind of addict or? I mean, well, yes. So she's she has problems with alcohol, too, for sure. Uh-huh. Um, at this point, she starts seeing Louis McKay, a mob enforcer aptly nicknamed Louis DK. And oh. he was like most of the men in her life abusive. He was awful. I they can't, all, it sounds like they literally all are. I'm telling you the things that I heard about this guy is like he would just like spit at people like this guy was just a, a fucking this dick. guy was a dick. Yes. There was a little bit more nuance put on this too, a little more detail from friends. She, in some respect, liked these kind of tough guys because it made her feel protected because they would go to bat for her. Uh-huh. But then they would also turn the bat on her, so okay. to speak. Yeah. So it was sort of that like, again, it's like a protector, but like not protecting yeah. you. It's all mixed up. In 1954, Billy left the U.S. for the first time to tour Europe. 
uh, the audience was extremely enthusiastic and like they were so excited to have her. Cool. However, some of the hotels she stayed at were less enthusiastic because yeah. no, because she trashed their rooms. Oh, apparently like there was She's just a rock star. Yeah, she had developed a reputation for her drinking and drug habit and like. She was kind of partying and tearing it up. And then this, for this reason, like this reputation she had, like many, like, you know, like uh, the Tonight Shows and those kind of mm-hmm. like Ed Sullivan's, like she wouldn't be asked um, to do TV appearances because like a lot of her contemporaries were going on, but they were, she was a wild card because wow. of the, the drug and drink. Yeah. So because of this, looking for more publicity and cash, Louis McKay is like absolutely a swindler. Just, yeah, yeah. I, sounds like he's it. trying to get cash off of this cash cow for him. Of course, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he came up with the idea of her autobiography. Um, so Billy was like, OK, yes, yeah, so we'll do an autobiography. So she worked on it with go- ghostwriter William Dufty mm-hmm. um, and it's called Lady Sings the Blues. And so Dufty was a New York Post writer and editor, and he basically wrote the book from like a series of conversations he had with her. Uh-huh. And he drew on the work of earlier interviews and intended to let Holiday tell her story in her own way. Okay. Like he really wanted it to be like from her perspective. Is this like when um like Countess Luann wrote a book? It, it's exactly like that. And she like went to coffee with the writer. Yeah, as as important and yeah, <laughs> yes. I, that's exactly they went to coffee. I'm writing my autobiography. <laughs> yes, the people must know. So. He really did like a good job of telling it in her own voice. Uh-huh. So much so that before publishing, the publishers were very nervous about it because she had used the word bitch too much. Nope, that's so funny. So this is what she this wrote. Bitch ass. This, like, you know, they like send them like the manuscript. Is that what it's called? A manuscript yeah. back uh-huh. and forth. And so to her, like, bitch is not a bad word. It's like literally like nothing. So she in her it's hand, like her like in her handwriting on the front of it, she wrote, change bitch to whore. <laughs> Anyways, it was published in 1956. I like like a tattoo of that. <laughs> I'm like going to. Isn't like change you, bitch to whore? Change That's bitch to what, whore. I'm writing that down. And you know what else too? Um, I want to remind you of the story from Lena Horn um, when she met Billie Holiday uh-huh. on my deep dive with Lena. Yes. She basically was like uh, being asked to sing a lot of Billy's songs and Lena had a completely different singing voice mm-hmm. and she was like not sure about like, do I want to, you know, yeah, yeah. Co- copy these or well, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So she saw Billy and she was like, Billy, they're asking me to do this. I don't know what to do. Yeah. And Billy was like, do you have kids to feed? Yeah. Do yep. you have money that you yep, need? And that, she goes, sing the damn yeah, songs, the bitch. And like when I read that, I was like, oh, Billy Holiday sounds like she's a character. Yeah. And. Now that I'm like, obviously, you know, done this deep dive on her, she is funny. And that makes a lot more sense in the context. She'd be like, bitch, you like go and do it. Go get paid. Yeah. Like, and the fact that like the fact that bitch is like, like it should have been on her tombstone. It was like her calling card. Yeah. She used it as like a way to punctuate things, which I just. It's like like for her. Yeah. She uses bitch. Bitch, bitch, Mm -hmm. Change bitch to whore. I can't. That's fucking so funny. (laughs) So here's where it comes back to like her kind of dating history. So in his 2015 study, Billie Holiday, The Musician and the Myth, John Swed argued that Lady Sings the Blues is a generally accurate account of her life, but that co-writer Dufty was forced to water down or suppress material by the threat of legal action from outsiders uh-huh um according to the reviewer richard brody swed traces the stories of two important relationships that are missing from the book 
one with Charles Lawton in the 1930s and with Tallulah Bankhead in the late 1940s and of one relationship that simply diminished in the book, her affair with Orson Welles around the time of Citizen Kane. So like that is yes it's like apparently her her orson welles thing was like like a big actually like a legitimate relationship almost yes and like then these other ones were left out and they were like significant relationships in Uh her life but apparently during the time of publishing Tallulah was like freaking out because she knew that she was like writing this autobiography Uh and they you know people were like oh are you scared you're gonna be in it or whatever and she started to claim she had never even met her because she, what would this do for her repu- to her reputation? Sorry, I just did like a huge um, head tilt. Yeah, Alana did an IF eye roll and a head tilt. It just sucks, you know? Like, I the mean, whole system sucks. Yeah. Everything sucked. You can't. It sucks. Yeah, you can't That's win. That's just awful on all sides. Yep. And you know what? Like, I'm sure Billie Holiday would have been like, you know what? She's got to secure her bag. I, I, I mean, I think that's exactly what happened. Because like, yeah. they just left it out. Yeah. To accompany her autobiography, Holiday released the LP Lady Sings the Blues in mm-hmm. June 1956. A review of the album called it a worthy musical compliment to her autobiography. Holiday is in good voice now, wrote the reviewer, and these new readings will be much appreciated by her following. So it cool. was received yeah. really well. Unfortunately, she was arrested for the third time for cocaine and heroin possession. Oh, Jesus. She and McKay had been taking speedballs in a Philadelphia oh hotel room. What are speedballs again? It's like it's cocaine and heroin. Oh, yeah. yeah. OK. Yeah. She was put on probation for a year. McKay had convinced Billy to marry him during this time so that he couldn't like testify against her. They would have okay. marital spousal right. privilege. Right. So they got married on March 28, 1957. Um, he had already, though, been buying property with her money and putting it in his name. So now he's just securing the bag even more for sure. Yeah. These predatory men. There's a lot of I I would say when it comes to money, Billy is being screwed. You know, what's so like so, 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 so fucking misogynistic Mm. is like so many women get called gold diggers. Mm hmm. And, like, we don't ever call out the guys that have swindled these women. Also, can I just like quickly just say, like, oh, Oh, gold diggers? We weren't allowed like to have you've bank been, accounts until I we know, were like until fucking, like our generation. Right. Like I don't want to like, hear shut about the it. Fuck up. Yeah. Fair enough. You're you're paying back taxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but seriously though, it's like No, I know. Totally. So in nineteen fifty seven, she's finally invited to be on TV. She appeared on CBS's The Sound of Jazz, where she was reunited with her soulmate, Lester Young. Oh, my God, Lester. Yes. She sang Fine and Mellow, which she wrote. And you can see it was an incredibly emotional and magical moment between the two of them. Uh-huh. Like the the video of it is like heart like wrenchingly beautiful yeah. because they you can just feel their connection. Right. Unfortunately, Billy's drug addiction had really caught up with her and you could hear the effects in her voice and her physical health. She relied on alcohol when she wasn't using. And when she was using, she would use so much that she would run out of places to inject herself. Louis found her increasingly impossible to handle. They had an extremely toxic relationship. Uh Um, And so he just like packed his bags and moved to California. Just like, bye. They're still married. Yeah, I was going to say. And so she moves into like a small flat by herself. One by one, her record companies all dropped her. Her her addiction is like in full swing. It's really, really bad. bad. Mm -hmm. She manages to get arranger Ray Ellis and his orchestra. Like he's like this famous arranger and she's worked with him once before. Mm She manages to get him to back her for her final studio recording in 1959. She barely showed up to record and missed lots of sessions. 
Uh, she was drunk and forgetting her words. But like ultimately they got it done. And okay. they do say that like even through this, like she's still really like good. Yeah. Like you're still really touched. Yeah. Like it was hard to get the material out of her. But she when she did, it was still she still had it. Yeah. It, like it's it reminds me of like Judy when she it reminds was like, me of yeah. Judy Garland too yeah. exactly. So ultimately, it got done, and it was actually released posthumously on a self-titled album, and then it was later retitled and re-released as Last Recording. In 1959, she made one of her last television appearances for Granada's Chelsea at Nine in London. She returned to the states to see that Lester Young had died. Oh no! And he was also really young too. She wanted to sing at his funeral and they wouldn't let her because she was like so inebriated. Okay. Um, And she was like distraught over this. Okay. Like she was just like not well. And they were like, you're not going to sing right now. But she was like, it was like really heartbreaking for her that she couldn't sing. Uh A few weeks later, she collapsed. She was emaciated and had cirrhosis of the liver. Oh my God. One hospital refused to take her. Yep. And eventually she was taken by the Metropolitan Hospital. She was in full liver failure. Uh, her condition improved slightly. And then narcotics police went to her hospital room, claiming they had found heroin in her bedroom. What? A grand jury was summoned to indict her and she was arrested and handcuffed to her bed and placed under police guard. This woman. Yeah, this dying woman. The district attorney was eventually persuaded to postpone the case until she was well enough. Um, so, I mean, they took the cuffs off of her that and stuff. That is fucking Can ridiculous. Can you believe this? They're I like, know. Yeah. Disgusting. Unfortunately, her condition worsened. She died at the age of 44 on July 17th, 1959, of pulmonary edema and heart failure caused by cirrhosis of the liver. That is fucking tragic. Yeah. I um, mean, like, way to decentivize, disincentivize? Yeah. Someone, what is it? Which one? Wait, decentivize? What are you saying? Decentivize. Incentivize, but the other way. What do you, what's the full sentence? Someone from like trying to fight for their lives because like on the other end of that is like possibly going to jail. Oh, I exactly. mean, yeah, she was like doing really badly, but like if she was taking an upturn. Right. Know? And then it did. They, yeah, exactly. Because you're just like, well, yeah, if I get better, I'm going to go to jail. Like, it's just yeah. like. Can you imagine? Well like, do, like, the fact yeah. that they did that to her just is like they target this whole yeah. this whole her her story is really sad because of obvious reasons but most importantly i just feel like this is a person that just like needed help and yeah i mean it's just like really sad to see like someone who's not well and like sick and needs help and like this is how they're treated let's be honest the judicial system targets black people of course and take and like takes advantage of them they like do everything to them yeah um, and like here is, you know, a famous performer. Right. And like it doesn't excuse it doesn't her even from the treatment. Yep. Yeah. Nope, doesn't. So the way that people like kind of feel about her after her passing, like she's 44. It's obviously very tragic. But like mm-hmm. the way that they talk about it is like they saw her live her life. And yeah. it was like she like there a lot of it was, you know, on as much of her terms as she could. Um, and she wouldn't want people to like fuss about her and worry about it. Yeah. And it's really uncanny how much it parallels um to one of the last songs she recorded called don't worry about me Uh um and i was just gonna play a little bit of it because i feel like it's like really kind of like on the nose of the vibe okay don't worry about me Mm -hmm. 
Isn't that just like. Yeah. Lovely. I want to listen to that in like a New York apartment with like a fireplace. She's just. I actually have the chills and I'm like choked up. Mm -hmm. I just. um, I always get so up into it. I just get. (laughs) Yeah. Emotional. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, Um, she like shined really bright. You know. Yeah. Despite everybody trying to block that shine and take it from her. Yeah. Um, She's like a force and like lived hard and like life was hard to her. It was. But she did shine, like you said. She received several Esquire magazine awards during her lifetime. Her posthumous awards include being inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame, the Erdogan Jazz Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and the ASCAP Jazz Wall of Fame. In 1985, a statue of Billie Holiday was erected in Baltimore. The statue was completed in 1993 with additional panels of images inspired by her seminal song, Strange Fruit. In 2019, Shirlane McRae announced that New York City would build a statue honoring Holiday near Queensboro Hall. Oh, cool. And the Billy Holiday Monument is located at Pennsylvania and West Lafayette Avenue in Baltimore's Upton neighborhood. Cool. And it, she's she, amazing. Do you think she, like, grew in popularity after she died? Um, or, I'm sure because just of, like, global yeah. knowledge of her. Yeah. But she was really popular yeah. and very famous during her time as well. Yeah. But I mean, I think, yeah, she's got one of those kind of almost mystical, legendary yeah. kind of things about her. I think people like that's like their first take on her because she did leave, had such a short life. Uh-huh. But she was like equal. I think she was still I think she's always been like she's very, always just been like very. Yeah. yeah. Well known. She, Yeah. I mean, I think everybody. How do you not like even the casual listener loves Billie Holiday? Yeah. I don't think there's a single person on Earth that wouldn't enjoy listening to yeah, her. Totally. It's like. Like the, the it's a universal. tone and like yeah. timbre of her voice. It's just like unbelievably unique. It's like, you know, the stars. It is like this just buzz. Everyone looks at everyone likes to look at them. It's yes. like, you know, it connects us the, all. Yeah. yeah. The, the radiation. They, yeah. They shine. They sparkle. They sparkle. That was great. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. I had, it was a lot of good information on her. Um, She's there's been a couple like movies and, you yeah. know, Diana Ross played her and she won uh, Academy Awards for that part. Yeah. And then Andrew Day was in The People versus Billie Holiday oh, and she shit. won awards for that. Like her stories are really like amazing stories. And it's yeah. there is some good, you know, film and TV about her. If you want to see more about her. Cool. Yeah. Thanks, Juice. You're welcome. So, do you know what concept recently came across my table, came across my desk? Okay. And um, kind of threw me for a loop, even though it's like kind of an obvious thing. Oh, what? The fact that um, the modern human, like us, everybody, we're domesticated. Oh my God. Yeah. We're like kittens. Like, literally, I read this article and it was like basically like pre, like modern human, like pre what, like the wheel? I don't even know, like... Where do we take the turn? I don't know, but basically we domesticated ourselves. I wonder if it was, like, like, with agriculture. I like, have, the sharing of food. Because, like, yeah. isn't that why you get domesticated, basically, is, like, food? Yeah, I mean, so, like, for example, humans domesticated wolves to become dogs by feeding them, basically. Yeah, like, they just basically came to, like, a mutual agreement to be like, I feed you and you be cute. Yeah, and my you house. protect my area. And then, you know, it's, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, like, and now we have chihuahuas. So, like, (laughs) that got a little out of hand. But, like, basically, we, 
like I don't even know what this article was, but I was just like, oh, yeah, like we're not like the the man that lived outside. Like we're not even weatherproof. No, we're not even deli humans. Like we don't even have like some of the. <laughs> Come te- on, was- <laughs> Wait, what did you say? We're not even deli humans. What's a deli human? You know how there's like deli cats? Oh, my God. <laughs> right. Because that is enough. That's not really a domesticated cat. No. This is a distinctly New York thing that you're talking about, like yeah. a bodega cat. Well, people have deli cats in other places. Do they? Yeah. Like I bet, yeah. It's like cities. Delis have cats. Cat, they have them to get rid of mice. So sue me. How about that uh, Twitter conversation about like the nasty things that happen to people in New York City? No, I can't even handle it. it I was actually laughing so hard, but I was laughing in a way where it was like my own trauma. Like, so there's like there was this Twitter thread conversation basically about people saying the grossest things, like, for example, like walking by um, like an air conditioning unit and like the water from it, like falls into your mouth. Yeah. Or like one of them was like (laughs) this guy had to swim out of a subway station after a storm had happened, like a flash storm. Swim out of a subway station. And he looked to his side and there right next to him was a group of rats also also swimming. swimming out. Wow. I, l- I love that version of Finding Nemo. <laughs> um, I didn't have to swim out of a... It wasn't like a swimming situation, but one time I got caught in the subway when it was like uh, it almost like a, a flash... It was a flash flood because, yeah, it was a flash flood uh-huh. Um, because it was basically like when it rains like insane. Yeah, and like then we flows were, in like yes, you're in Yes, and fucking- it started to flow in. And like it wasn't remotely at Titanic. the point where I'd have to swim out. Like it was just like your feet were getting wet, and uh-huh. it was I was wearing sandals because it was That's the fucking, fucking summer. So gross. Yeah, and your I was human like, foot touched it. Wait, not even that. Here's the hard part. So I'm like, fuck it. It's never gonna stop raining because like we were all huddled. Like everybody's like hedging or like when's it gonna go? And yeah. like umbrella wasn't gonna help you. The rain no, was coming in all different directions. It was tropical. It was like insane. This yeah. amount of rain, but I had to walk up the hill to get to our apartment uh-huh. and I couldn't like walk in my sandals because they, they were, were too so squishy. slippery. Were they, like, <laughs> they were like, I was like sliding. And I, so I basically was like scuffing up the hill. My, I had like pants on. They were soaked. I was soaked to my underwear. Like my bra Ew. was, was soaking wet. Yeah. So I literally just went inside and like got in the shower and like all my clothes and like took my clothes off in there because it was like the most disgusting, like New York like, city, your house. New York city, like, like trash, rainwater, subway water, yeah. sidewalk piss. It looks like when you mix all the watercolor colors together. Oh my god! But I used to like. Wait, you know what I used to do with that as a kid? What? Um, we used to like mix all the watercolors together, and it would look like coffee. Oh, you had that right there. Yes, because it was like something that really thrilled me as a child. Really? And, like, yes, and we would like mix all the paint colors together, and we would make coffee like and it would look like coffee colored oh like in the in the, like the, the water dry, yeah, the, so yeah. then we would use that water to pl- do pretend coffee with Co- like pretend our, coffee shop yeah that's pretty fucking cute yeah so it's not as nice as that you. that's like nice like this water was gross that's fucking gross can you imagine you the stuff that i've touched that stuff i don't even that know I've that i touched by jocelyn drew i don't want to know I don't want to know anything that I've touched in New York City. That's That was beautiful. Do you remember that show that was on MTV for a second? I can't remember the name, but it was like daring people to do things that were really gross, like in New York City, basically for like money. Like like licking, like licking a cab driver's like seat. No. Mm-mm. And it was like, will you do that for like $500 or like $50? Yeah. Ask somebody to do that post COVID. It was like eating gum off the floor. Oh, never. 
I, you, the, the shit that you I've seen so many men's penises oh. that I have not uh, on subway platforms that oh. I do not need to see ever yeah I mean that really does it's happen it's the grossest city the facts of life <laughs> the facts of life it is the fucking grossest city yeah but I love it something about it <laughs> I love it um, on that note I think we should uh, let everybody skidoo and we'll see them next week <laughs> okay Jocelyn's saying, okay, we're going to leave now. Guys, I like want to start end times for social interactions. Start times and end times. She's so funny. She's like, okay, we're going to do it from two to six. I just like think I don't understand why we don't have end times for things. Yeah. Like remember how parties at a kids were from like three to six. Are there people that don't get like drained by social interactions? I think that's what it is. Are, do those people ex- does that exist is that like a thing a type of person yeah i think that there are people that don't get drained by social What's interactions like? i don't know but i'm not one of them i i i'm a sim i know i am i my just thing, like get my tired. diamond gets red i'm like oh i gotta go plug what in. if we just had that like we had like implants that were like sim lights yeah. and like when Elena my is at four percent and it's battery. like i see that her diamond <laughs> is orange so i should go home yeah my diamond is getting orange right now and i need to go eat more barbara's 90% of, like, <laughs> what I think about is when do I get to have my cornbread? Yeah. Elena has a nightly cornbread every night. It's my ritual. Yep. I love cornbread. Yeah. She gets it from the bakery by us, and she always has a cornbread on hand. It's the thing. It's something about me. I love that for you. It's, like, something I would say if I were on next. I just, like, hiccuped, like, a bunch of times, so I hope you guys <laughs> could not hear that. It was like... <laughs> I was like... <laughs> I'm over here, like, throwing up. <laughs> And You're I'm like, about I love, 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 love. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Molly's like, <laughs> I know. I'm Molly's been sleeping next to us this whole time. She's such a corny girl. I love her so much. She's a pretty mama. <laughs> On that note, I am going to have to go because I um, am so You're hungry. You're turning into a pumpkin? No, I'm like starving. <laughs> you need more Barbara's? I'm Barbara's hungry for Barb- I'm hungry for Babs. <laughs> Okay. So and we'll I do like to shove like a bunch in my mouth. Like I can't take these dainty. Do you want a spoon? I can't take a dainty podcast bite. I have to be taking bites. Yeah. She needs to use like a salad tosser to feed into her mouth. Okay. I like that. I like where you're going. On that note. On that note. We love you so much, Candle Covet. And we will be back next week. Thank you for listening. We love you. Bye. Bye.